I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, it's David here. And as regular listeners will know, I'm very enthusiastic whenever I have to do an advert about how you should shave your testicles. Um, So much so, in fact, that the company behind it, Manscaped, who are the number one in the whole ball shaving business, I have to say, um, have given me a script. So I'm going to work off that this week. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach boss? Sorry, bod. Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powell's chest hair. And if you grew some winter man tits, the tits? They can say that in an advert? change days man the least you can do is make sure they're hairless it's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code rangers manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with a performance package 4.0 the kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine and you know i'm one of these guys that if i take off my jumper you can't tell i've taken off my jumper I'm old school that way. But the young folk, oh my God, did you see Erlen Haaland there week? Whipped off the shot. There were not a hair on that body. He's got hunters in his head right enough. I don't. So I'm I'm maybe follicularly trying to make up for it in that regard. But I must admit, I do like to trim the top of the chest. I don't like that overhanging, clawing hair coming out the top of the shirt. So I use that. And nobody likes nose hair. Let me tell you that right now. So the weed whacker that they provide you with is excellent. They also have ball deodorant. I know, I know. It, it, I once proud people, right? That's all I'm saying. But uh, it does smell quite nice. And so does their, their actual deodorant. Um, you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code Rangers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Rangers at manscaped.com. So that's not too shoddy. I think you have to admit, these are good products. I know I joke, but uh, I do use them. Oh, there. And I, that would be important. But uh, trim your chesticles with the besticles. And uh, this is not on the script, but for the love of God, no matter how spectacularly shown your George Dawes are, keep them inside when you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, as always. And, well, firstly, it's a lot more fun doing one of these after an old form victory than it is after an old form defeat. And uh, with that in mind, I thought it was only one man to join me this afternoon. He has been wheeled out a lot this season after a disappointing defeat to try and cheer us all up a little bit. So much as I felt the Rangers support deserved our day in the sun on Saturday, I feel he deserves his day in the sun pod-wise this afternoon. And it's Andy McGowan. Good evening, Andy. How are you? Well, I've got to thank you, David, for having me on because I've been looking forward to this. There's been many an occasion where I've been asked to... Polish a turd. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it, but I fashion some positivity out of something that's not very positive at all, and I try my hardest, and sometimes I don't even believe myself, so... I You've never been asked to do it, you just naturally do nah, it. Nah, that's true, I should say that, I've never been asked to do it, but it is kind of expected. You know, on social media, folk will say, tell me something, Andy. Yeah, me. That, that, you've become a bit, uh, you, you have become a sort of like a, a harbinger of hope. Um, <laughs> a bringer of the good things of the, the, the losses. And look, let's just, right at the start, Andy, some people actually said to us on Patreon that maybe we were actually going the other way and underplaying, you know, the victory and saying it had no significance and whatnot. Um, I don't think that's true. I don't think that it had no significance. I think that Michael Beale in particular really needed it. I think we as a support needed it. I think some of the players needed it. But what I was very conscious of not wanting to do was something that Celtic fans did a lot in the 90s, which was they would lose the last old firm game of the season when the league had already been, they would win the, sorry, the last old firm game of the season when the league had already been decided. And they would go, I will not that far away and sort of delude themselves into, I don't want to do that either. Yes, it was nice to win, but the team still has to win when it matters. And in terms of the changes that we require, what we needed to do Friday morning, we needed to do Monday morning. It was good. It was enjoyable. We'll come to why it was important for Michael Beale, but it's it still in the grand scheme of things. Let's not get carried away. Let's keep our feet in the ground and go, okay, it's removed what was a thing, but let's now focus on what we need to do to close the gap because while we've said on here, I don't think the gap is huge, there is a gap, and it's a big enough one. No, totally on the same page about the 90s in Celtic and the delusion, and it's something that's been very much in my mind since then because the, the perspective has got to be kept and the fact, the cold hard facts are that a couple of weeks' time, they'll have a treble, we'll have nothing. It's been a disaster this season overall, probably a tumultuous season. And uh, the, the thing I would say is that what it will give us or should give us is that Whatever we need to do next season starts with belief in the dressing room. It starts with belief in the stands. And I think it was very, very much needed that we can remind ourselves that we can give Celtic a bloody nose. And the manner of the victory you know, really reinforced that. And that they're no unassailable. And I know there is a gap, unquestionably, but I've said for a wee while now that we'd, we'd we just need to remember that they're no unassailable. It's not a team allowed dropping gas coins that we can't compete in the same market for players. And um, I, 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 apart from anything else, David, it gave us a wee spring this day. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly felt a lot better about myself as a Rangers fan since Saturday. And um, we badly, badly needed it this season. Oh, 100%. Um, and as you say, we're not getting carried away. And I don't think the support have, incidentally. I think no. the reaction has been pretty solid. We enjoyed it for what it was, but we're not using it to, I think, extrapolate into the future. 
Um, there are positives though from Saturday, and and look, you know that that's probably the negativity done, folks. And if you want negativity, there's tons of it from previous pods of seasons <laughs> while in. Um, but this one will be kind of upbeat because it was just a a, a nice day. I thought that tactically the manager got it right, and I liked the bite that the team showed. And straight away, there was something different about it, that the team went for it. And of course, crucially, for the first time since the Phil Hellander goal, can you believe? The first time the Rangers have taken the lead or scored the opening goal. We took the lead at the, the, the January game, but but scored the opening goal and therefore not had to chase a match. And I think that the guy who really led that from the front was Todd Cantwell. A lot's been said about him. And understandably so. For me, it's it's not merely his performances because he's clearly a good footballer, right? That's it goes with it saying he clearly is a talented footballer. Nobody had any doubts about that. But he surprised me, and I know he surprised a lot of of our listeners with the type of player he is. Um, I think maybe we all felt he was a sort of you know a, a kind of fey attacking number ten the hairband, the hair maybe kind of blinded us to to that. He is non-stop, he gets stuck in, and he drives people on. The guy's a leader, and you need in any team, I think, Andy, you can't have 11 superstars. You need a couple, though, because you need people that other players in the team can look at and go, if I do my job, we've got him, and he'll do something. He'll make something happen. So I just need to make sure I win my battle. And it does give people that extra 5%. I suppose what I'm trying to say is he's got that that good gift of helping teammates to play better. I thought he was superb. I think he's been our best player for a good few weeks. I thought his goal against Aberdeen was absolutely sublime. I don't think he got the recognition it, it should have across the, the media, but which knew. And then Saturday... Um, I think he reached his, his pinnacle so far in his Rangers career in terms of everything you're speaking about there, Davey. He was, he was another captain, He's a, or he is another captain in the dressing room now. And it's not what I expected from, as you say, I, I knew he was a good football player. I knew that we'd we'd got a gem for a relatively small price. and uh, But what I didn't expect over the piece so far is the kind of tigerish ball recovery, his mm. desire is exactly what we need you know Bill was talking about energy the last couple of weeks around Morelos so the the other side of energy was exemplified by Todd Cantwell and the reason that Celtic have dominated us for the last whatever it is seven games and, and obviously in the competitions is because they have players in their team and in their squad that are I call different make difference makers you know they, they, they are yeah the people that they turn to to make the difference between our team and their team, and you, you can point to the Furuhashi as the main one. And I thought Cantwell was your difference maker on, on Saturday because from the first whistle, he was he was finally leading the line, right? You know, he was knitting Matondo and Sakala together, but also his um, ability to win the ball back, harry the opposition, lead the press, and he then marries that with absolutely sublime technical ability. I, I, I can't remember for a long time a player that I've been so comfortable watching with the ball. You know, he gets the ball and you know he can protect it. He uses his strength. He holds players off. He finds space. He can pass a ball. Everything looks just so effortlessly easy for him. And the goal itself, 
it was technique. You know, it looks like a blast, but it was technique. It was doing low and hard. And I just thought he was fantastic. And and it's things like that, David, and I know I'm Mr. Optimism, but the fact that we've signed Cantwell and Raskin and uh, the the quality, that's a new standard in our squad, is what has always given me that bit of hope that, you know, things will change fast. And if the players that we sign are anywhere close to Todd Cantwell's level in terms of technique and desire and application, we will be fine. We will be absolutely fine. And my last word on him just now, Davey, is that I mentioned Matondo and Sakala there. He's an extremely intelligent football player. And what I mean by that is that he was corralling Matondo and Sakala and telling them when to press, where to position, explaining things through the game because I was watching them. And that in itself for a guy, I mean, I know he's 25, but we've got a, we've got a real gem there and uh, a talisman is what he's going to become for us. Yeah, I noticed actually going into the game at the weekend, a lot of kids... A lot of boys and girls outside the stadium with. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Campwell 13. And that's quite interesting to me because obviously Morelos, who has kind of been the hero for a long time, he's moving on. Um, and it looks as though he's going to take the mantle. And a big part of that is we speak about this at Rangers. You need to have a certain attitude. A guy who revels being the star in front of 50,000 people. You know, the guy who revels being at a huge club. I know it's not the biggest league, but being at a huge club and being the centre of attention in a way that somebody like Aribo, his personality wasn't suited to that. He's a very quiet boy, you know, kind of shunned the limelight where he could. Cantwell's more the geezer, (laughs) you know, I I want that. I want that. I want you all thinking I'm I'm magic. I want, you know, the the other eight. I have no problem with that because I think that, to be a star for Rangers in that creative sense, you need that. You've got to have the balls because you'll get criticism. And the thing about a player like that, Ibrox Andy, is we grade on a curve. So as our expectations go up for him, so will our demands. And that's when you need that mental strength. That's when you need that attitude. And I think he's got it. Um, one thing to remember about him and Raskin is that Rangers paid 1.5 million each for those two in January when they both had six months left in their deal. That's unusual for Rangers. And I think that Bennett was kind of pushing that and Beale was pushing that. I think previously Rangers would have went, I oh, will just wait to the summer. And I think that they went in. Now, when you're paying 1.5 million for a guy for six months, it's a lot of money. But you get quality. These are not 1.5 million pound players, right? Had they had a couple of years in their deal, you're not getting them for, you know. Six six times that, you know. Um, and I think that that, you see the benefit of it now because we've got guys who are unsettled, fans like them, fans trust them. I thought Raskin was brilliant at the weekend. You saw everything that he can bring to the side as well and he's another boy that's got the, the right attitude. We take the lead through that goal and it, as you say, it's an absolutely brilliant goal. And incidentally, it comes from John Lundstrom having a shot. Yep. I, I don't know how many times we've all sat on this show and said, shoot more. Because it just, you never know, right? You never know. Um, but you, you still need to be alive to it, and there was Campwell. And 
it was then about you know we they miss a, a chance uh, at uh, at nil nil. Fair enough. I think it might have been offside. I need to see it again. But we get the second, and I honestly don't think I could have picked a boy I wanted to score more than John Souter. He's had a hellish year, you know, on and off the park injuries and whatnot. Then he makes that mistake in an old firm game, which was a shame because he'd been good otherwise. There he is, gets the moment, gets the goal, and sort of, I think, maybe signals his arrival as a Rangers player. I like him. I think he's a good player. And I I, I just think that he could end up playing a bigger part than maybe many people, myself included, maybe thought when he arrived. Uh, so I think his demise has been greatly exaggerated. And... I probably kept my real thoughts around sort of private because nobody wanted to hear it. A and B, um, it was. It sometimes sounds like you're just trying to, as you say, polish your third. Now his injury problems have been well documented, but when he is fit, he is an exceptionally good centre half, and to get him on a Bosman, I think is fantastic business. And I, and I think the way I would describe it is uh, if he's good enough to wait for, he's good enough to wait for. And we kind of had this with Amaruso. If you think back, you know, first year was a write-off. Effectively, it took ages to get fit. But I think he's going to be a real asset for us. Um, I don't think he's a bit part player. I think he'll be, you know, in and around the first 11. Um, and, a, and a tremendous option for us. And as you say, Davey, I don't think... I mean, we moan about players being injured as if it's their fault, <laughs> you know. And to be in his position, signing for Rangers, his family issues he's had this year as well, which you know have been considerable, and to be written off as he has, it takes a lot of fortitude to get yourself back for that. And then, as you say, that that error at Parkhead, I felt heart sorry for him, as bad as it was, and I was delighted to see that he scored that because it's it's a wee bit of monkey off his back because. Things like a goal against Celtic and a victory change perspectives of players, whether we know it or not. You know, Nigel Spikeman, A.K. Hogg, players like that. It moves the dial forward for players that are Rangers in terms of the fans' um, understanding them, I suppose. He, he's going to be absolutely fine if he stays fit. And I, and I you know we've got to always put that caveat in just because of the, the record behind him. Um, he had a great game. I thought he's. I think he's used his use of the ball is taken for granted, but he's also excellent at coming out with the ball, especially in the first ten minutes. There was a, a, a wee passage of play where he was kind of penned in with two or three Celtic players around the belt, and he just manoeuvred his way out of that with the ball at his feet and came into midfield. That's exactly what we need in, in our centre halves. So as you say, Davy, absolutely delighted for John Souter. I hope he goes on and on for here. Has a strong finish to the season, and uh, next year plays a pivotal part in success. Yeah, I'm not definitely. And and Rangers were, you know, very good uh, at this point. Celtic, I hate to say it, but they are a good side. You can see the way they move the ball and the way they make runs is the sign of a well coached side. And they have moved us about and they, they weren't quite so able to at the weekend. And I think it started from right at the back with a very impressive display from young Robbie McCrory. In the first half, he came sprinting out his goal and cleared one. And you don't think of anything after that right because it's just it's been out for a throw the passage of play is immediately forgotten but we don't do that normally which mm. means that there is defending to be done and then if a mistake gets made then then you know you're in bother 
And in the second half in particular, there was one where he's on his feet before the pass is played. He's out there and he gets it and he shuts down the danger because Kyogo's got away. And I'm thinking, normally, that's a goal. I really, genuinely, I'm thinking, normally, that's a goal. And can I just say to the wag uh, behind me in the main stand who shouted, hey, Davey, are keepers allowed to do that? Um, it did make me laugh, but he did not put a foot wrong, Andy, I thought, and people are saying now four games, four clean sheets. He's been in high-pressure matches. That You know, you think of that one away in Europe, obviously the old firm game previously. He's taken a claim. Yeah, I mean, my, my assessment of goalkeepers isn't very good. I've got to say it's a weak point, I mean, <laughs> amongst many. And um, very much like what you're describing there, on Saturday, there was a couple of times he was pretty fast off his line. You know, coming out to the edge of his box, picking up balls, clearances, and a kind of penny drop for me. And I'm like, okay, right, I get what folk have been going on about McGregor for now. I can see it because it's a, it's just like a unspoken um, confidence from the back. And because he's not, a, I don't think he's a particularly loud goalkeeper. He's not the Mister Angry type like McGregor, and uh, he just seemed confident in everything he did every time I've seen him. To be honest, and uh, in, in Rangers. Uh, colours I must say and and what he's doing much as we're saying about moving the dial for Souter he's moving the dial in terms of perception for him as well because as you say that's two game, two big games against Celtic which is the ones we remember and he's not put a foot wrong he's, he's had a couple of exceptional moments in both those games because the save he made for O'Reilly I thought was absolutely fantastic I think he should have scored but I still think it was a fantastic save to get it up and near the bar and he's, the staking a claim thing is it's coming at the right time because personally I think we do need a, a, a number one goalkeeper and, and if it's Butland then fantastic I'd be delighted with that but, but as we know Rangers you need to have a really good second goalkeeper as well and I think I think he's probably cemented that at the very least um, in my eyes because uh, I, I think McLaughlin's probably his experiences this year have probably put a, an end to his career at Rangers and McGregor's obviously finishing off. So it's timely that we, if we get a number one, that we've got a number two that we're sitting there saying, you know what? Totally fine with him coming in. And given his age in the long term, he could sit through his contract and sign another contract and be the number one then. So, or you sell Bottling or whatever, whoever we get, it, it's a good position to be in. And I'm delighted that we've, we've been. If there's one silver lining to the dead rubber, if you want to call it that, is that we've been afforded the opportunity to actually play them of, of our own volition, as opposed to because somebody's injured or suspended or whatever. Yeah, no, and he, uh, he did he, he did tremendously well. It was an excellent save, but just I thought his all-round game um, uh, was, was pretty solid. And he, Alan McGregor's still capable of making astonishing saves, but it's been the other parts of the game that's been noticeable. And I think the defence relaxed a bit with that knowing they could do that and obviously if you're a wee bit more relaxed you're less likely to make mistakes um, if you're thinking about if I make a mistake it's a goal and in the end it was actually Celtic who made the error um, Starfelt dawdling on the ball robbed by the inevitable Todd Cantwell and Fashion Sakala clean through on goal didn't just boot it straight at the goalkeeper, which has been his MO. Third time lucky in this sense. He rounds Joe Hart, which is lovely. You never you never see that anymore. It's like Tudor Gammon crisps. And uh, <laughs> he, he rounds the goalkeeper. And I admit, from the gantry, I thought he'd put it wide again. I really did. And it was only when I saw the Copeland go up uh, that 
I I thought I it's actually in. Um, you know, fair play to it. it was a really good finish. So I'm going to go in the rear centre, um, and so I'm kind of behind the bogan in the and. Uh, I shut myself, I've got to be honest. It moves right at the last... It's well, rolling into the middle of the goal, and then for some reason it just fucking deviates like a golf putt into the side of the net. It just done it too naturally for him. You know, he's so... It, it, it's actually a brilliant and very, very composed finish from start to finish for him, right? Running the goalie, tainted with him, and, 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 you know, it doesn't even... If you watch it back, it doesn't even lift his eyes to, or his head to, to see where the goal is. He, he, he's fully concentrated in the ball, and he just naturally rolls it in. And it was so close to the post that I'm like, ah, you fucking missed that. And it went in. But it begs the question, how can you do that fashion? But you can't, you know, put the ball in with two attempts. Why, and it's why we need upgrades. It's who he has. Um, but and, but yeah. do, you know, do you know I agree, David? So so we spoke about him after the, the uh, semi-final. And we both kind of said, look, it's more than good squad player, but... Or kind of done with them because you can only cost trophies so often by such mega mistakes, you know. You still get somebody off. I thought it worked very, very hard. And Yeah, he does. But I just think there comes a point where a, a player can be a wee bit too far gone with the support. And I think he's in What's that up? category that the fans just they don't really rate him um, that highly and gets the numbers. I just think there comes a point where fashion could go off like a train next year and get like eight and ten games and then miss a sitter and every go I tell you is pish. And that's I think when that happens. Put it this way, I, I wouldn't be heartbroken if he sticks about. Um I would worry if we needed to use him in really big games and maybe that tells you something. But the other yeah. thing I would say is if he is sellable, I sell him. Um uh, if somebody's uh, yeah. gonna give us three, four million for him, you oh. take that. Absolutely, I don't. I don't think there's a player in the squad, David, that if an offer comes in, it will not be considered. Um, so he's certainly in that category. And, and again, it was a Bosman, so it's all upside. I mean, he's probably got two years left in his contract. So um, no, I don't think there's anybody in the squad that is is uh, no willing to be sacrificed for the right money. But if we can't, we're asking. Yeah, no, the the I, I would totally agree with that, and. It, it, but still enjoyed his goal right enough um, <laughs> and it, it gave us a victory now to go back to something that we mentioned at the weekend he, Michael Beale, um he came in and you could see that he was, the word I would use probably relief, you know he was pleased with the performance and whatnot and he wasn't you know he, he wasn't jumping up and down and he wasn't trying to claim that it was something that it wasn't but going into this match I felt that he couldn't really win a lot from it but he could lose quite a bit from it because I think that had he lost again then of course a Rangers manager that loses or you know doesn't win in five matches and loses four in a row against Celtic is going to be under pressure that's just a fact and it would have left that thing all summer of he can't lay a glove on Celtic now as I say people can, can say oh it was a dead rubber it didn't matter but it doesn't matter in regards to that it was a win there's one in that column now. That's what the record books say, and that's what matters. So even though it probably wasn't the, the biggest game that we'll ever play against that lot, it wasn't even the biggest game this month, in all honesty, it did matter because he needed that. And he used a phrase afterwards that resonated with me, Andy, where he said, it, it's only three points, but it, it gives us a wee bit of space, a wee bit of oxygen to get on with what we need to do in the summer. And I thought, that's, that's it, that's spot on. Yeah, I mean, in the lead up 
the, the chat around Bill losing and you know you've got some fans saying that it's unacceptable when you need to go and then you've got other folks saying that you know it's a, a it's a consideration. Um, I, I was I was obviously the, the one that would be saying well no you can't judge him on this season it's not his squad and so forth, but it is a thing. <laughs> it would have hung over the summer and then going into the first old firm of next year it would have been an even bigger thing because you know it's not like a fresh start everything counts everything's against you whether it's fair or no when you're a Rangers manager and uh, if he'd have lost the first game of next season and that would have been what his fifth sixth defeat in a row if, if, if Saturday and he went away yeah. that puts him under a lot of pressure and that belief thing that I'm talking about and, and he refers to it as auction and it's the same thing I think that belief then dissipates in the stands because a lot of fans would just say like they've got his number. Um, so for that point of view, I would probably cast my mind back to Watersmith after they took care for Leguen. No, we've got a debacle in our hands there and a, a squad that's bereft, needing a bit of immediate surgery. And then he, he had a good victory away. In fact, was that the Echeog? It was. Uh, so I remember that being... It felt like a wee bit of a turning point because, again, I go back to belief. We, we, we gave him a bloody nose, which in that season was unforeseeable because, you know, we were pretty damn poor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That year as well, and there was a lot of squad issues and rebuild required as well. So there are similarities, and I would probably put it in that category, um, as opposed to what we were talking about earlier on, David, where you know Celtic beat as we when we've got Billy Thompson in goals and he's 38 or something like that. So uh, it was important for that and it was probably unspoken that it was required. Um, We would have probably dismissed it as Rangers fans because we probably would have put our head in the sand a wee bit about the the reality of them losing Saturday and it being the fifth defeat or whatever, or fourth defeat in five. So it was big for that perspective. Yeah, I I think that it just allows them that, that bit of room now to go off because the atmosphere you mentioned there, the goal against Aberdeen um, from Todd Cantwell was sort of instantly dismissed because nobody was in the mood, really, oh. after the, the, the semi-final. And I was really worried the season would just well, peter out, is the phrase that we use, but would just, you know, be defeat and, and grim and counting down the others. And you're right, now it doesn't really matter now what happens. Still want to win the games, obviously, but the fans are now looking ahead to next season with a little bit of positivity. And that was the only thing I think Rangers could achieve on Saturday. And they did. So fair play. It doesn't change what's been a, a massively disappointing season. But if there is one sort of glimmer of, of light for me, it's the fact that nobody at Rangers is labouring under any misapprehension about the changes that need to take place. The manager's out there, he's scouting players, he's talked about bringing in as many as a dozen, maybe the same going out the way. They're not going to do what we did for the last couple of years. I think there is a sense from people at the club, Andy, that a malaise had crept in, which is why a lot of people have left. Um, I think that there was a sense of ennui at the club, a sense of comfort that 
this is how we do things. And I I, I just think that you're going to see at Rangers over the next couple of months a much sort of younger, hungrier-looking club on and off the park in terms of, you know, staff and whatnot. And I think there is a sense of needing that energy, the word you mentioned earlier, the spot on, needing that energy because we had become a little bit stayed, set in our ways, no real momentum. It was more just about, you know, we were getting by on a week-to-week basis, which can happen when you've been in a job for too long. Whereas now we've we've got people and we'll be bringing in people who have got stuff to prove. Now, I'm not saying that that's, by the way, that doesn't translate automatically to, so we'll be successful, right? You can bring in the wrong people and it can go tits up. But you couldn't just continue with the status quo. If we'd kept doing what we were doing, we were going to keep getting what we've been getting. Agree with every word you've said, Davey, and I probably, if I'm being self-critical, I'm, I was part of that, Melise, because uh, there was no question that I knew that, uh, and I had said that there was wholesale change needed on the park, but the off-the-park stuff has taken me by surprise a wee bit because it's been far, far more radical than I could ever have imagined. And my, my, my kind of viewpoint and probably my nature was that conservatism probably trumped radicalism in, in those regards because it is a big risk to rip up the entire innards of the corporate structure, if you want to put it that way. But it's obviously something that Bisgrove and Bennett have, have either had in mind or have decided to bite the bullet on. And there is risk involved, you know. You've, you've got to keep the hand on the tiller. And I, I dare say that they're, they're feeling a bit he just knew as a transition for Stuart Robertson leaving and, and if Kenny Ramsey's leaving and, everything, and Andrew Dixon, who's in with the bricks there, there will be a, a different dynamic next season for the for every kind of level of the club. So, as you say, it could get rang, right? And and it, and it's not about me being right or you being right or you know you know fans kind of dying on the hill that they've chosen. It's just been viewpoints of the piece. But the one thing I will say that is really apparent to me is that you can say what you want about the culture of Rangers, the club, and the support. We've not had any. We've not been looking for excuses, and. We have had the right to look for excuses. When you think of what we've had this year in terms of injuries and bad luck, um, you know, it, it would test the strongest organisation and people about, you know. I mean, even on Saturday, you, you think about it, Hellander would have been in that team if he was fit. Possibly Davis would have been in that team if he was fit. Lawrence would certainly have been in that team. Tillman would have probably played if he was fit. Morelis, if he was to have been, you know, the, the, the Morelis from going to who, would have been in that team. And through the year, we've had that constantly, either either all at once or in pockets and at critical times in the Champions League. Hammerings were, you know, for me, Connor Goldson getting injured really killed your season, I've got to, be, I've got to say. So there's been a bit of a... And this is healthy, by the way. There's been a bit of a honesty amongst Rangers and the Rangers support and that we have not looked for outs, get-outs. Uh, and that's to our credit, and it's probably helped get us to where we're at this point in time, which is wholesale change across the board, on and off the park, which I think you're right, David. In hindsight, I think I was wrong in terms of saying, look, let's stick with five-year plans and keep Wilson in because we need a... F- I think radical was required. The proof will be in the pudding, but I'm pretty convicted if it doesn't come next year, then I think in the longer term, in the longer term, I mean two or three years, it's going to pay a dividend because we were in a rut and there was a bit of a, this is how we do it, as you say. So that, that that's my piece. I think, you know, I've been 
we're lucky to be centres of influence on this podcast. And I look at my influence in terms of what I've been saying in the past. And some of it I've been writing, I would, I would argue cases. I still think, you know, transfers and stuff like that have come to fruition. And, and Suter, as an example. But a lot of the time, I think I've been a wee bit too uh, myopic. I think that the problem wasn't that they were doing a terrible job, right? We're not talking SPIV level. And I know that some fans will say, oh, David, this and that. And, and, but the place wasn't falling apart, right? And it's there's a line in the office that's great where he says, I, I maybe here I've rolled a three and I could roll the dice again and get a six, but I could also get a one. And it was that sort of inertia from from fear. And I think Rangers were in that state where, oh, wait, we could do things better, but we could do them a lot worse. And I, I just don't think that's Ben at Bisgrove and Beal, to be honest. I, I don't think, I think they were like, well, look, yeah, we could keep doing what we're doing, but what we're doing is second. And long term we can't keep doing that um, so you do need to go for it now what you then need is a vision and a strategy to get that in place that that works you know you've, you you then have to do it but I do think you have to try um, because I think that we had as you say just a rut is the perfect word for it I think that we'd become very inured to change and a wee bit maybe resistant to it in Scottish football that just ain't possible and, and it's a it's a very um suffocating environment because at times I've, I've looked at the Rangers and I thought, we're, we're not realistic. And then at the, at the exact same moment, I've said to myself, aye, but that's what makes us Rangers. That's what got us back to where we, from where we were to where we are now. Or, or sorry, last year, you know, Europa League, winning the league, stuff like that. And um, um, you, what you've just explained there is probably exactly what my condition was, which was fear of getting this far and then taking risk again. Maybe I was too risk averse because what, what's going on at the club just now is ballsy. There's no question about it. And I, and I think what we'll see in the summer in terms of spend and output financially will be ballsy as well. I always thought we'd lose the purse strings this year just by virtue of timing of payables uh, due and all this kind of stuff. And I, I, I just get a sense that we would, we would have a wee bit more to play with this year. And it also would coincide with a, a, a rationalisation of the wage bill with players just naturally leaving, you know, Kent Morales and so forth. So it's probably been born out of necessity as well because Celtic have just been so dominant last two seasons and our trebles just, you know, it's just put us to put us to sleep really and we've had to do something. Whereas if, if you'd seen us win a couple of trophies, win, win the two trophies outside the league, would we have kind of kept course and stayed where we were doing? Possibly, quite possibly. But it's kind of it's kind of got to the point now where we've had to say, right, no, we need to think outside the box. I mean, even the appointment of Bisgrove is outside the box. He's an untried young CEO of a major European football club now. It's a brave, it's a brave, brave thing today, um, but measured because he's, you know, he knows he knows the system already. He knows the club and he knows the environment. So I'm I'm happy with the way things are going. Loads of risks, but loads of opportunities. And my football fans, David, it's about excitement. It's about optimism. It's about believing in your team. Um, and I hope we, the support I'm talking about here, go from the kind of suffocating pressure that we we, we create because of our standards and our demands to actually that bit where you actually you come through the clouds and and the blue sky opens up and you start to see what you've what you've been wanting. That's what next season represents for us, hopefully. Yeah, it's something to build on. And yep. I think in guys like Cantwell, Raskin, McCrory, 
um, you know, we, we, we're seeing that we have that, you know, we've got something in there where we go Golds and Tav, etc. You can go, right, okay, there's something to begin with. Um, we're not starting from scratch. We're starting with something and then you add in, hopefully, the the additional things that, that take us where we want to go. Because, you know, you saw on Saturday when the Rangers crowd are in full flow. It's a weapon. It's, it's, you know, magnificent place to play your football. And hopefully we'll see more of that moving forward. Right then, folks, that will do us for today on the flagship show. Cammy will be back later in the week with Heart and Hand Extra. Can I point you in a direction as well, if you're one of our free show listeners, to Dominant Martin's excellent series of 1986 to 1998, which drops every Wednesday. And of course, if you want more content, go along to Heart and Hand on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Andy, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Davey, and uh, I hope you have to roll me out for many more pleasurable moments in uh, next season. Yes, because you, you owe me so many. I do. I do. No, absolutely. Like, like, see, when we go them at Parkhead first game of next season, I will roll you out on Monday. I promise. They are, they are promise put it in place. <laughs> right, folks. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>